Hey everyone, welcome to Talk Murder Me. My name is John. I'm here with Jen and Nicole. Tonight's episode is lovely. And we're going to be talking about, I'm trying to think of some feet terms here. I've got a real shoe in. No, that's not really a thing, is it? We're not going to toe the line. Oh, that's no! good. <laughs> uh, okay, best, best feet reference in this episode wins. And for live chat, too. John, you, you are the heart and soul of this podcast. Okay, none now, because what the fuck? Well, that's not fair. I just thought of two good ones. <laughs> I am putting a petition to make those two count, because those were good. Tonight, we're talking about the Salish Sea feet. So, since 2007, there have been tennis shoes, or should I say feet wrapped in tennis shoes, randomly floating up. In the Salish Sea. Do you know where the Salish Sea is? Do you know where Puget Sound is? Yeah, in Seattle. There you go. So the Salish Sea is right by there. So this is in on the coast of Washington and then Canada is right there. So this mm -hmm. is both of their problems. Okay. Now, near where my sister used to live. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. She used to live on Whidbey Island, and it's like a ferry ride over from Victoria. Oh. So... If you're new here, I put all my sources on talkmurder.com. This is the Salish Feet episode. This was requested by Marjul. Surprise shots. Surprise shots. We don't know what they are because they're a surprise. Oh, not good shooter. Not a good shooter, man. That's not supposed to be shot like that. Whew. It's vodka. <sighs> Just fucking. I thought it was okay for vodka. That's just, I don't know, man. This is a fucking crazy story, guys. No one's ever done this story. Ever. <laughs> is it a 10 out of 10, Din? Jen, I'm done. <laughs> don't be jealous because she is getting all these. We are going to the Salish Sea in Puget Sound. What is a sound? I mean, I know what it is, but I mean, because I looked it up. I didn't know what it was. It's um, it's almost like a bay. It's a type of uh, water, type of waterfront. Body, like, of, body water. of water. Body of water. Is it like what is in between two, two last land masses? <laughs> Lasses, land masses. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Really? Yeah. yeah. It's a body of water that feeds into. Yeah. And it feeds into a bigger lower body of water. What is so the difference this, between a sound and a bay then? I'm not sure. That's a good question. But I'm not even sure why they call it a sound. I tried to f figure that out. Like, where the fuck did that come from? But yeah, so the Puget Sound is where we're going yes. to tonight. I did uh, reference the story last week for you guys. And this is a crazy story. And I, and I want you guys, without looking it up, when you hear the story, I want you to really think why... Since 2007, since 2007, tennis shoes have was invented in like the 1800s. I was looking up like real old tennis shoes. So since 2007, which was what, like 13 years ago, whatever it was, fucking 15, 15 years ago, there has been an epidemic of feet washing ashore on the Puget Sound. So like, Why? And who, whose feet are they? So if you guys on live chat want to answer those questions or just kind of throw some stuff out there, we'll uh, definitely shout you out. 
It's definitely a very interesting case, and I'm going to answer all those questions tonight. But here we go right here. We go into the Salish Sea. Salish Sea is is this, the sea here, the, the, the water. See, Salish Sea right here. Uh-huh. <clears throat> But so looking at this map. So that's Whidbey Island, I think, right there. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I want to show you some of the feet. So hold on a second. Ooh. So this is. So shoes <clears throat> with the feet. This is the first one found right here. You can't really see much. They cleaned it out. This was found in 2007. We're going to get into this one. But some of the other ones, this is one right here. Now, the, the feet aren't really sticking out, but the toes are in there. Everything's in there. It's filled out. That's a filled out shoe right there, man. So there's there's something in these shoes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm gonna show you. I'm gonna show you some of the shoes with the the tendons and ligaments in there. I just kind of want to. I don't know why, but I feel like knowing that there is something inside that makes me feel gross. It makes me feel worse than if you were just like, look at this shoe they found in the ocean. Like, if I didn't know that there was a foot in there. Oh, here we are. <gasps> oh. All right. Tonight, we're going to August 20th, 2007. We're talking about the Salish Sea feet. Since 2007, there have been feet floating up to the shores around Salish Sea. There's three questions I really wanted to know about this case. Number one, who's freaking feet are these yeah that's a pretty good yeah. question yeah exactly did they see an upturn in amputees that wasn't a joke that was a question <laughs> that was that was a question i can't take you seriously anymore <laughs> that that wasn't supposed to be that wasn't even a pun that was like a i mean laura question. wants to know why aren't there any other body parts yeah okay that's the other one so the questions i had were whose feet do these belong to why has this been an epidemic since 2007 mm. and only since 2007? Like that year, why has this been some epidemic? And why here? Why in Puget Sound? Why in this one location? Which I kind of answered, but that's not the the real reason. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, it's a trap you see. Like currents-wise, you mean? Yeah, like, well, yeah. So those are the three questions I had, and I did answer them all. I did a lot of work on this case because it took me a while to figure to actually find the answers. But we're going to answer all those questions. So you have whose feet are they, why since 2007, and why here in the Salish Sea. This story is called the Salish Sea feet, severed feet, actually. 12-year-old girl, she's walking with her family on Jedediah Island in the Puget Sound, and she comes across a shoe. Now, this shoe right here, the specific one, is a 12-inch running shoe. And I'll put this on talkmore.com. I'll put all these photos on talkmore.com. This is the first shoe found that started the epidemic. This is a 12-inch running shoe, and it's male. It's a black and white Adidas shoe, and the foot was still inside with the sock attached. The, the sock and the foot were still inside. Six days later, a couple hiking on Gabriola Island, which is right around the corner, come across this one here. 
Coroner Rose Stanton said both feet were decomposing, but still had flesh on them. Oh, that's supposed to be coroner. <laughs> Fuck. Cor- Can you read coroner. it? <laughs> coroner. <laughs> coroner Rose Stanton said both feet were decomposing, but still had the flesh on them. Ew, you know what that reminds me of? Like when you do those foot peels. Ew. And like the skin, like, oh. The caretaker of Jedediah Island, Bruce Jones, said, quote, there were five different shoes on the beach, and for some reason she picked up that one, untied the laces, turned the sock inside out, and around the feet. So the second one, as I said, six days later, a couple hiking on Garbriola Island. So this is within a week. Both of these shoes are right feet shoes. Both of these shoes are male. Both of these shoes are 12-inch running shoes. All of the shoes we're talking about tonight will be running shoes. There's no boots found. There's no whatever y'all wear, high heels and stuff. None of that. Only running shoes. The second foot was so waterlogged and completely ripped apart, they think it was dragged on shore by animals. It was a Reebok athletic shoe. And as Nicole read, Coroner Rose Stanton said, quote, both of the feet were decomposing but still had flesh on them. All right, if you want to read this, this is from the Time Colonist, August 31st, 2007. Quote, two being found in such a short period of time is quite suspicious, said Corporal Gary Cox, spokesman for Oceanside RCMP, which police is Jedediah. Finding one's foot is like a million to one odds, but finding two is crazy. I've heard of dancers with two left feet, but come on. Let's answer this question. Whose feet are these, right? So the initial guess was, well, tell me, tell me your initial guess. Tell me whose feet these are. I mean, what the fuck would like, what's a reason to have a bunch of detached It's probably mafia. Feet. Oh, or could be mafia. That's a good guess. In friggin'. Washington State. They're all male. Maybe someone's trying to start a tow truck company. Get out. (laughs) (laughs) That was good. That was good. Um, Why would there be feet? Do we, okay, was it like a, um, this is going to sound like super dark, but was it like bodies that were being transported and shipped that were, no, they wouldn't have clothing or shoes. Like (laughs) donated, you mean? No, I was thinking like um human trafficking? No, like if a if a deceased body needed to be transported to a different place for burial, mm-hmm. but they wouldn't be clothed or have shoes or anything on it. Why like, wouldn't and why they? would it be running why Why there's going to be naked corpses in the back of the freaking tugboat? No, like uh, either dr- they're like going to be dressed up for their burial, but why would there be I'm just I'm Well, maybe they they cut them in pieces and ship them with Amazon delivery for cheaper shipping um well i would assume that maybe they were runners if they're all athletic shoes maybe people were running on the beach and and someone was targeting them (laughs) that's that's pretty out there just runners on the beach and someone just goes up there and And slices their foot off (laughs) think about what you're saying Well, with like a sword or something, just run out of the the bush. No, I mean they like. Ah. No, I mean they probably. What about the rest of the body? Maybe they got weighed down. Maybe they chopped it up to transport the body, and um, 
and and they weighed down the rest of the body, but the shoes floated. I don't know, No, John. no, no. It's a good guess because I didn't know either. Okay, it's a good guess. Most people think mafia or something. In fact, there were rumors around this time. So 2007 is when it picked up a lot. And now, 2022... There's a, from last time I checked, there's at least 21. There's probably a lot more that weren't reported. Individual feet, not like it's got a partner. Yeah, individual feet. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, well, this definitely, but this is a serious question. Did <laughs> I know that? Like, it, it's not like they found the other foot. <laughs> no, that's a good question. But we're, I'm just waiting for the shoe to drop. Why? <laughs> the other shoe to drop. This reminds me of that. Um, this reminds me of that documentary we watched. This guy at like a yard sale bought uh, a, a grill cooker grill, like one of those circular grills. He takes it home, and there was an, a human arm inside of it, and he kept it and opened a museum, like a, a sideshow with a human arm and the grill. And then the guy that actually lost the arm. <laughs> Oh yeah! <laughs> Remember that shit? It was Didn't we cover this and for like were a trying, Patreon episode? The maybe? guy was like trying to sue. The no. guy with no arm was trying to sue this guy because that was his arm. And rightfully. he like it was like in a museum. It yeah, was like in an at home museum. Yeah, it was like in a sideshow attraction. Yeah. So he was trying to sue him because technically that was his arm. But the court was like, "Well, no, he found it, so it's technically his arm." But he's like, "I don't have an arm. It's mine." Dude, it's so I don't know. That's what crazy. The f- <laughs> I, I, I do you know, remember this. It almost reminds me. Of this this it kind of similar but different. It's like we should episode. cover that fucking story. I thought yeah, we, should, we did. No, we didn't. Like the epi- that oh. was a documentary we watched. I don't know what it was. It was like the grill. He made like a lot of money on it, and then the guy that lost the arm contacted him and tried to get it back, like through the court system. And it was a big question of who actually owns the arm. Huh. <laughs> the guy that fucking it came it's off. It's called of? Finders Keepers <laughs> is the documentary. Interesting. <laughs> Over John Wood's attempt to, attempts to recover his mummified leg. A oh, leg, leg. From leg. Shannon Wisnat from who who found it in a grill purchased at a storage unit auction. They were Let's seriously fucking fighting that. over it, dude. <laughs> All right, fuck it. Uh, Lauren wants to know, did you find any information on how the feet were inviscerated? Was it like a circular saw, a hacksaw? Mm. Was it all one kind of like cut? Um, yeah, all right. Yeah, th- I'm going to answer that later. Let's just say that like the, a grave robber. That- the newspapers consider them severed feet, but severed means cut. Yeah. So I'm not necessarily... I'm not saying that that is or not what it is, but I will answer that question. Yes. Maybe it was a grave robber who had one foot bigger than the other and took took already decomposing feet and shoes, but only needed one size. And so he took the 12s. Because they were all size 12? Or no? No, you said no, 12, no, you said 12 and 12. No, no, oh. just these first two were size 12 oh, okay. running shoes. Like some of them are lefties, some of them are righties. Okay, oh, okay. okay, sorry. One, to answer your question earlier, they were found in pairs, but one wasn't found for four months after. Okay, but only one pair found. And in fact, huh? But only one pair was found, the rest were individual feet. Yeah, exactly. Not without its mate. Yes. You know what they should have done? They should have taken the the feet out and 
and given the shoes to good no 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 we're just gonna park that statement right there we're gonna stop uh, all right, all right, all right. Let, no, I didn't mean it like that's a good thing to do. I meant like if he was trying to get away with it instead of throwing them okay, in the okay, ocean. Okay, right. let's 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 get all right. Let's get back on track here. This was 2007 when the 12 year old girl found the first foot. I'm taking us back a few years before that, New Year's Day 2004. Oh, okay. So you guys with me? Mm-hmm. We're going back to 2004. Which is how many years between 2007, Jen? Three. Three. There was a young man. He was uh, a Muslim in Washington, right? This is New Year's Day. He's, he tells his family that he needs to go and worship at his local temple. He leaves his family New Year's Day 2004. This is in the oh. evening. He pulls up his Acura Integra to the Alex Frazier Bridge, which is in Washington, real close to the Puget Sound. A little bit about his background. He's struggling. He's not accepted by his peer group. He was depressed and lonely. New Year's Day, 2004, he pulls up his car to the Alex Frazier Bridge. He knows suicide isn't in his religious doctrine, Just like Christianity, you can't kill yourself, right? But he looks at his life. He's young. He's 22. And he just thinking that he's got to live his whole life feeling like this. Which if you're feeling like that is not the case. That's a better days are are coming. What was the saying? It's not a bad life. It's just a bad day. Hmm. But he feels at that moment. That all of his peers are having fun. It's New Year's Day. You know, the the ball's dropping. Everyone's kissing or whatever. Everyone has stuff to look forward to. And he doesn't have anything to look forward to from what he, from what he thinks. This is from the National Post, which is a, can, a Canadian newspaper. September 2nd, 2011. Quote, Talib's Fall takes three seconds, striking the icy water at more than 117 kilometers an hour. He might as well be hitting concrete, mm. end quote. So this young man wasn't accepted, down, depressed, takes his own life by jumping off the Alex Fraser Bridge. Okay. Now, his body goes undetected. They did search, but it was undetected. It got... Like at the bottom, you have the seaweed and all that shit. Sometimes things get lodged. He goes undetected for four years. Wow. So Four years. Hold on. (sighs) His family grieves. Police initially search in vain, and then the time passes. In early 2008, his family receives a call. They found to leave. Quote, after detaching, his left foot rounds a couple of bends in the river and washes onto West Hem Island, a farming community just south of Richmond. His right, meanwhile, moves nearly 100 kilometers. In February 2008, Talib's right foot is discovered by forestry workers on remote Valdez Island. 
So. So these are suicides. This is the this is one case. I was misspoken. That's not the first foot found. This was the third and fourth foot found. But this is one case. We're trying to decide who these people are because, as you're, well, as you're the, about, the whole like if if someone's jumping off of a bridge from a certain height, it's like you said, like jumping into concrete. Yeah. So if they were jumping feet first, it's like their feet can like just break off. Is that basically what happened? To this person. Are you talking about how his how the feet come off from yeah. the body? That's first, that's they a like question. Break off. Well, so that's one of the questions we're going to ask because that's a very scientific. There's a very scientific reason why the feet detach at the ankle. The body goes its own way because it's a joint. And the well, you got other joints in your body, fucking arm. But fingers. if you're jumping feet first, it's it can just like kind of. Would you jump bends, feet first? I don't know. I guess you would. Or... I can't imagine diving head first off of a fucking bridge. I mean, I, but I mean think about the, the World Trade Center, that famous photo of the guy diving. He's going head first. Uh, was he? Did you know that if you throw a penny off of the Empire State Building, it would it, it would have enough velocity to kill someone? Yeah, I think my elementary teacher told me that. <laughs> You're being mean. <laughs> I right, go ahead and read this, Nikoise. I think I've read it, but... Richmond, his right, meanwhile, moves nearly 100 kilometers. In February 2008, Talib's right foot is discovered by forestry workers on remote Valdez Island. Four months later, a couple on a walk spot his left foot. But if over, t- if it was there for four years and it's continuously decomposing, would the ligaments stay intact or would that... You saw the shoes. They're just the shoes. No, I know. I'm saying like if it decomposes enough, like it would erode the ligaments so that it would be free to go because. But you got ligaments all over your body, your fingers. But uh, she's saying like after that period of time, does that like erode in the water? Like was there something in the water to like. Or does the feet. Does the shoe protect the no, ligaments from being? That's dangerous? a really good question. No, that's a really good guess, but no, that's not. Okay. You, you're talking about natural decomposition in the water. Like, is there something will, in the water because that's your, like your ankle was thinner? Maybe it's got ligaments and then uh, connected tissue instead of actual muscle. Because I mean, this is pretty thin. Yeah, that's a really good guess, but no, that's not the reason. It's close, but not the not the reason. That was still a good guess. I mean, that's. I didn't know any of this shit either until I fucking researched it. Talib's feet were no. the third and fourth floating feet to be identified. The Jebediah Island foot, the first to be found, was determined to belong to a depressed man from the lower mainland. A right foot discovered in late 2009 outside Richmond was that of a Vancouver man who was reported missing in 2008. All right, moving on. Let's talk about another one of these feet found. Now, this is just the people that were ID'd. I'm going to talk about how hard it is to ID a foot that is in a shoe to the person that it came from, and apparently it's pretty hard. There's a couple things you can narrow it down by, which is what? DNA and what shoe they were wearing when they were missing. Yeah. DNA is what everyone thinks of, but there's this thing that I see all the time called the CSI effect. So with DNA... We know this for true crime. DNA, uh, the DNA databases and the the testing labs are backed up for years. And I'm doubting shoes and feet are going to be top priorities. It would take years for DNA to 
test these feet. And even if they do, these people have had to be in prison or been in some situation where they got their DNA taken from blood. So if my feet goes up and washes ashore on Sullivan's Island down here, you're not going to be able to know it's me. Well, you probably will because I got them nice sneakers, but with my DNA, you're not going to be able to know because I'm I'm off the grid type of shit. No so, one's got my DNA. So then the question becomes... So you can't back it up to anything. Let's talk about another foot found on Jetty Island who belonged to a missing Everett man. We actually have his photo here. This man was missing. He's a young man. He's been missing for two years. He has been... Also kind of staying with the wrong crowd. And this is him right here. He is, this is a, he's 22 at the time. This is him, Antonio Neal. That's his photo. So he goes missing. He was with the wrong crowd as well. His mother says, quote, it's so scary not having all of him and just not knowing, not knowing what's going on, what's going on. That's what his mother, Jenny Neal, says. They found his foot two years later after he goes missing. His mother had thought that he may be bouncing around in different homeless camps. She did say that he was sleeping in his car for a while and that she was on, he was on drugs and stuff like that. No one knows what happened to him. We do know that Tlaib took his own life. We don't know if that's true for Antonio. This guy's name is Antonio Neal. N-I-E-L-L. We don't know if that's true for him, but we do know that that's his foot. So that this is, I'm just showing you guys who these people are. Let's talk about how to identify the foot to the person, and then we'll, we'll, I'll answer the question about who these feet belong to. About half the feet so far have been identified, and this is through a database and these two researchers that have been have been working tirelessly to identify these feet and it's actually more difficult than you might think here look i have a picture of uh this right here this is i know it's hard to see guys but this is all the feet that have been found it might be kind of hard to see i can send you the website 15 feet this is this is an old photo here. Because there was twenty one. There was there's twenty one oh. up to this point right now in 2022, from what I saw. But these are the feet you see. They're all around the island. You see a lot of them are up towards that one section. Obviously, it gets caught up in there, and that's where the feet are. Uh, this is from the National Post. Bill Inkster and Stephen Fonesca. They're just trying to identify Fonseca. shoes. Fonseca, they're trying to identify shoes. And I was reading about how they were doing it, and they were saying how hard it was. So basically, the first thing they can do is break it down by size of shoe and whether it's male or female. They obviously take that information, put it against the, the database for missing persons. That's where they start. After that, they actually look at coastal currents and see they actually track the coastal currents at the time that they went missing mm. and see if it matches up. So coastal currents is like where the, the water is pushing, right? right? And these in Puget Sound, which is 
going to kind of answer one of the questions here of why Puget Sound are westerlies. So they're pushing stuff from the ocean towards Washington. Okay, the currents are pushing towards it. That's why the all the debris and shit is going towards Washington and not being pulled away from it. I think over here we have it the other way, I'm pretty sure, where they're pushing out. I, although I'm not 100% know. sure, but I do know for a fact that the currents in this area are pushing towards the, the mainland. The next things they look for is diseases. They can tell, like you said, prosthetics. That would be an easy one. Like maybe he's missing a toe. Does he got a tattoo? Whatever. Any diseases that they can see that have been documented. So this is how they're finding it. And it, I mean, think about it. There's a lot of people that go missing. So this is a lot of work to do this. All of the feet found that have been ID'd so far. So there's 21. There's about half of them been ID'd so far. Have either died accidentally or committed suicide. So uh. there you go. I'm going to tell you that the word severed feet is used incorrectly in these news stories. Because severed means deliberately cut. And no one that's about to kill himself is going to deliberately cut off their own foot. Well, I don't know if I They're would say... They're detached, not severed. Severed means you're actually severing. You're sawing You're it sawing off. it the, off. This is mostly like they're jumping into the water. They're, they're all jumping or accident. So maybe severing as far as like the boat rotor or whatever, the boat rudder or whatever. But the majority of them either died accidentally. Uh, one of them was a tugboat accident. And or they have killed themselves voluntarily. We answered the first question. Boom. Who are these feet belong to? From the ones that are identified, accidents or kill themselves. Which is kind of interesting because there's really no female shoes. So I'm guessing females don't really jump, aren't jumpers. I, I believe, I think I saw somewhere where females are more likely to just take pills and kill themselves that way. Correct. And males are more violent. So jumping is fucking, I would, oh my God, I would never, jumping, oh my God. All right, guys, so we answered the one question of who these people are. Next question, why are they floating to shore since 2007? Does anyone want to take a, a gander at why since 2007? Think about the type of shoe. What did I say? The shoes are what? Athletic shoes. Running shoes. Running shoes. They're all 100% running shoes. Think about that. What happened or what's been happening since then? That could allow this. Well, wasn't there? There was the um, the housing crisis. Like there was that that. No, no, no oh. I'm sorry. All right, look. she she's going with like a, why people no, no. are depressed. That, yeah, yeah. Th that's no, that's a, you know that may have something to do with it. That's a very good guess. I didn't even think about that. I'm I'm. Let's refocus though and talk about the actual shoes themselves. The, the shoe industry since 2007. This has been an epidemic of running shoes primarily because of the design choices of running shoes. We have, we don't really see it because none of us fucking run track or whatever, but. Well, I was on the track too. Well, I, I know, drew. but like. So was John. No, I, I get it, but like there is a problem. In fact, in the Tokyo Olympics, there is a, a Nike shoe that was banned. Because it was, it had an unfair advantage. So what would a shoe be unfair for? Being light, 
having more stability for the heel to run. Like, the, the shoe was banned. You could not wear this type of Nike shoe. Interesting. Did not know that. So there was, has been, it's more, the shoes become more than just a fashion choice? Well, the shoes, there's been a war as far as these companies, Nike and Reebok and stuff like that, to 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 technologically make their shoes higher performance. And these shoes go for 300, 400 bucks sometimes. Yeah. Like the new one, the the one that was banned, it was like $250 for these shoes. Like the, I think they were called the Air Flies or something. Banned from Tokyo Olympics. Interesting. Yeah. So the design of the shoe. Now think about why the foot was still enclosed. They because were tied really tight. It doesn't really matter what shoe not, it doesn't matter if it's a running shoe or a boot. The foot is still in the shoe because it's got the protective layer of being a fucking shoe, right? The shoe is protecting it from mm -hmm. from degrading, degrading yeah. and, and derosion, stuff like that. The shoe itself is protecting it. The reason they're floating up is because the lightness and the buoyancy of the new designs. That's why they're floating up. And we're going to kind of... Uh, Lauren says the shoes float. Yeah, the shoes float. I said that earlier. <laughs> and Ashley also says Air Jordans, and she agrees with the timing of the recession. Nat Geo actually did an entire study on this. They called it the, mm. quote, never-ending quest to build the best, lightest, strongest shoe for athletes who are pushing the limits of human performance. The bladder. So Nike, Nike started this with their fucking Air Max. I shouldn't say fucking. It's not a bad thing. Nike started this with their Air Max revolution, which is... Instead of making a complete foam shoe, which is light, foam is light as fuck. But you know what also but you know what is a lot lighter? Air. 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 They make a plastic bladder. Ashley was right then, Air Jordans. Yeah, she was right. The plastic bladder that they put in shoes now, and in fact, this photo will explain it all. This is the evolution from Air Max one to Air Max 2015. Huh. You see nothing but foam here. And the first Air Maxes. Now this is in the the nineties. The nineties. But is this technology all in the in the heel there and all throughout? No, no, no. Other? Hold on a second. So look at so Air Max ninety seven, right? So that's nineteen ninety seven. So these are all the ones, and most of these are foam. But you see, the introduction with the Air Max ninety five, you see that it's not foam anymore, or is mostly this plastic bladder which holds air. Air floats. So, and as you see the evolution of the shoe, there's more plastic bladders in there. They're lighter. They're not using the foam. They're using the plastic, these oh, enclosed yeah. I have plastic. Air Max basketball shoes. Yeah, that exactly. Have a little, um, I mean, they, there's one you can pump up, remember? Oh, so yeah. So you're pumping up that plastic bladder, and that's air, and air fucking floats. I mean, we know that from the freaking diver story we did the other day right so that is the reason why they're floating not just floating but since 2007 is because these companies are trying to make them lighter and lighter and they're just getting more buoyant oh so they float up to the fucking shore Got okay it. did that explain it yeah. So these these situations have been occurring for a long time. It's just that the sneakers themselves Boom, yeah. are water floating. They, I mean, you can look in the. I looked in the newspaper archives. There's feet that that have been found like 1800s and stuff. I mean, feet do come up, but I'm talking about this since 2007. It's like every month there's a new foot. 
So, I mean, um, I know that there were instances where the victims died by suicide, but what about the other people who were just missing? Like, did we, did they, when they were identified as They the all people, had sneakers. They all had sneakers, right, but like. It's not, they're not all athletes. I mean, anyone can get the, these shoes, you Right, know? but I'm asking, it kind of furthers the case because you have the people, like I said, you have the people who died by suicide, but then what about the people who didn't die by suicide but when missing, do we have answers to what happened to them? Well, so on. I think he's, it's like two scenarios is what he said. It's either suicide and right. their feet like kind of break off. They're probably, the, no. The, or it was an accident and that their feet were severed. Okay, their feet, no, no, no. Right? No, I never said that. Their feet were not severed when they jumped in the water or they didn't break off. There's another reason for that, which we're going to go over. Okay. But... There's only half of my deed because that's how many they've got so far, and all of those were either accidents or suicides. So there's uh, no homicide. Uh, okay, okay. So the, I mean, think about the other half is probably the same. Maybe there's a homicide, but most likely it's gonna be because Lauren <clears throat> says. But that doesn't explain how they were severed from the leg. But Ashley says it's how they decompose. This is from the National Post, September second, two thousand eleven. Quote: All bodies begin to disarticulate if left underwater. Disarticulate means come apart. That's what I said. That's what if, Ashley said. If left underwater long enough, normally a di- normally a disarticulated body would be left to crumble into dust on the sea floor. The difference with the sailor's sea feet is that they were encased in buoyant running shoes. As the ankles of underwater bodies wore away, the decomposing feet bobbed to the surface, end quote. So, Ashley, yes, you are right, but I'm telling you, there is a, another exclamation that... So, it's a combination because of... Because this, this, this is shoes. from 2011. The, the thinking at the time was decomposition of the ankles because there's only connective tissue and soft tissue there, so they decompose quicker. But since then, since 2021... March 2021, they've actually figured out the exact reason the Salish feet are floating up. And it is not decomposition, even though that does play a part in it. So so it's the decomposition plus the detachment plus the no, running no, hold, shoes. Just hold on, hold on. Now, why are, are there running shoes that are coming? Here's what I, I found out about that. The Pacific Northwest, because if I go to the beach... A lot of these people probably, you know, whatever, close to the beach. I'm not wearing shoes, but in the Pacific Northwest, the the beach is surrounded by the, the slippery rocks. Everyone wears running shoes around that area. To get on to the next one of how the feet actually become detached, we need to talk about sinkers and floaters. I think he's talking about defecation again. Yeah, I'm very immature. Next, we need to talk about sinkers and floaters and the science behind them before we talk about why the feet were disarticulated. There's two types of bodies that are found in water. You have floaters and you have sinkers. A floater is carried by the wind. And actually, about, what, six months ago, I sent y'all guys a video. I've, I saw that, that body yeah. on that washed on the shore. On the beach, yeah. I thought it was a whale. Because it was bloated. It was huge. And it was just some teenager who fell off the boat, well, like a week before. Mm-hmm. And his body bloated so bad that it looked like a, a well, a, a beached well. I've got videos of it and everything, but they, they hauled him off. I mean, it's scary to see. He was all slippery and shit. It was weird to see. I mean, y'all saw the video. Yeah. That was the actual kid. You've also seen an alligator wash up on the beach shore, and they were they had to wrap his nose up 
Yeah, I see a lot of shit. Yeah. I know you go. You have a lot of like beach every stories. time. Yeah, every time you go to the beach, <laughs> yeah, like the first, something like happens. Like the first, like when he was, like, started going consistently to the beach. I feel like when I first started, he's like, "Oh, the dolphins, the dolphins." Dude, I'm we like, swam. The dolphin never, fucking headbutted me, man. Those guys are mean. <laughs> well, you swam with the fucking yeah. dolphins? Yeah, I haven't swam with the dolphins. Nothing we ever know happens the spot. when I go to the beach. We know the spot, man. We know the spot. There's a spot that they go. With the sandbar. Yeah, I'm not telling you. Sullivan's. Now, floaters will be carried by the wind and surface currents and will wash ashore. Floaters are exposed to air, which also means their decomposition rate will be different than someone that sinks to the bottom. Now, tell me how a cadaver would either be a floater or a sinker. What determines that? Weight. No, nothing to do with weight. Gas. I'm going to go with that. Yep. The rule of thumb is that cadavers will sink because they have no air in their lungs. Mm. So if you're in the mafia and you kill someone. So is this has to do with when they're dead, when they hit the water or not? Aha, uh-huh, good point. Yes. If there's air in their lungs or if they're yeah, dead. Yeah, so if, if you jump from a bridge, like a suicide, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to have air in your lungs. You may expel it all or breathe it, but you, you, it's not all going to go. Right. There's going to be something there. Exactly. If you're dead, all the gases and your body have expelled, there's nothing to keep you buoyant. Think of the Nike bladders, the thing, uh-huh. the shoes. They, they, they float because it's the air. If there's no air in your lungs, you're going to sink. So, yeah, a cadaver that is already dead will most likely sink. Now, this is just the rule of thumb. Sometimes it's, you know, it goes the other way. But cadavers are more likely to sink, and drowners are more likely to float. Sinkers will usually go straight down to the ocean floor. The greater the water pressure is, the further down they go, which we learned in the Biford Dolphin case, they're less likely the gases are to expand and less likely they are to rise up again. So if you throw a cadaver off in the middle of the ocean, he's going to sink all the way to the bottom. That pressure is going to keep the gases in so he won't be able to float. Let's talk about grave wax. This is fucking creepy as shit. Oh, grave wax. This, I don't like the sound of that. This <laughs> is called a... Adipocere. It's also known as corpse wax. Which is fucking crazy. Adipocere, that's like adipose, like fat tissue. Yeah, adipose is fat tissue. Sear is, means, uh, sear means wax. So that's why they call it the fatty wax. wax. Yeah, And they also call it grave wax, mortician wax, or corpse wax. Does that your body get waxy after you die? Yeah, I'm going to show you a fucking picture. You'll never fucking forget here in oh, a second. Oh, great. Okay. Do you know how many times he's said that on this <laughs> podcast in the past four years? You'll never forget this fucking picture. This picture's fucked. Adiposeer is the hydrolysis of fat and corpses. Now, the reason this is important is because they found all the feet that were still in there they had this grave wax on it. So if you think when your doggy takes a doo-doo and then you go back three days later and it's all white. Oh, yeah. It lost its color. That is what is filmed around a dead body that has undergone this hydrolysis. It's this, it's this waxy white. I mean, it looks like grave corpse wax. Is, you know, it makes it white. And here's the photo I want to show you. This is not the Salish Sea, but this is. And, and the reason that obesity plays a big role is because the adipose actually is the stuff that goes through it. So if you got more body fat, you're going to it's going to be more prevalent. I said wait. I meant. Well, well, here's what I'm saying. I want to show you what this is because all the feet had this. All right. Just look at this photo. I just wanted to add this in there. 
This is fucking creepy. This, oh, oh, no. this is a, a was an obese woman that went through adipose ear. You see the the white. I know it's fucking creepy, dude. So that's what I'm gonna look like when I die. <laughs> Holy shit! Let me get on the Peloton right now. <laughs> you need to send me that rower right now. That's fucking creepy, dude. Like, I think that's the worst. Like if you show me that when I was 19 years old, you best believe I would not be in the shape that I am right now. Like that, that is, oh that my is God, life changing. I skipped my workout today. I can't look like that. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. I can't even imagine. That is exactly how this you okay, feel. Right. So I just wanted to bring that up. Oh that, my God. All of this will turn into that. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I, we got it too. It's all going to turn into that. Oh, you know what? I am glad though that you mentioned that the dog feces looks like that because like when I first got Murphy, like his poop was turning white and I was like actually concerned. I was like, am I doing something wrong? Is no, there something wrong with, with him? Time. All right. All right. Let, let's finish this up to answer Ashley's questions. Yes, you you are right. Decomposition. However, a recent study had came out where forensic scientist named Gail Anderson conducted a study to see how a homicide victim would decompose in the water. And they actually did this in the Salish Sea. So basically, here's the study. When a body falls in the water, it sinks down to the ground. What are y'all doing, man? What the it's holding my face fat. Can, can you send that to me so I can put that on a picture on my fridge? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So every time Just I open listen. my fridge, I remember what that You're looks like, like. I'm gonna eat a salad. Just listen. Yes. Right. I, legitimately, like, please send that to me. You jump off a bridge. This is what your body's gonna do. The as soon as you hit the bottom of the ocean, the scavengers are gonna set in. These are the the shrimp, the freaking bottom feeders, the all those little critters at the Tilapia. bottom. Tilapia. Tilapia, the catfish. Tilapia are bottom feeders? Hold on, hold on a second. The catfish and these guys, these scavengers, this is the exact science right here. These scavengers, and we're talking, we're asking the question, why the feet? Why do the feet come detached? The scavengers are extremely lazy. They go after the softer parts of the body. So think of your ankle and, and they pick around the bone. So if you think of like a chicken, if you ever break apart a rotisserie chicken, you got that very soft tender meat right at the bone and those scavengers are picking apart that where's the softest tissue in the body it's in the ankle the ankle has no real muscle it's just connective tissue and ligaments the the scavengers start there however they can't get past the shoe but they can they can bite and eat enough of that tendons and that cartilage there that connective tissue to detach the entire body okay once that happens there you go. What floats? Fat, you, your shoes. Your shoes. shoes. Your shoe floats up. The body doesn't. That's how it works. The shoe floats up after it's detached by scavengers and decomposition, Ashley. And after that, that's when it floats. Now, this forensic scientist, Gail Anderson, she did this study right here. She used dead pigs, which were, I didn't know this, quite similar biologically to humans and comparable in size. She did this in the Salish Sea. She dropped dead pigs in the water, one at a time, and they sank approximately to 308 feet to the seafloor. Quote, what happened next was not pretty. The pig carcasses was quickly eaten by the large and unruly mob of shrimp 
lobsters, and Dungeness crabs. Starting with the expected areas, the anus region, and the facial... Oh, God. I'm like, yo, God, not not into eating the bottom feeder fish anymore. <laughs> I do know, I did know that shrimp and lobster were... They they start at the, the expected I, areas, see, which is... that's the only seafood that I eat is shrimp, really. Okay, yeah, hold on. Shrimp. The expected areas, the anus region, and the facial orifices. This uh, late, The forensic scientist Anderson... Anderson reported, quote, it was as if a red lobster buffet had risen up to exact its revenge, end quote. Oh, my God. That's a terrible image. <laughs> Could you imagine if they were just like, like we're in a almost like the Little Mermaid when you had all the sea creatures and they walk into a restaurant, excuse me, float into a restaurant, swim into a restaurant. And they're just like cut up human body parts. And they're like, mm, let me eat this. Like, that's terrifying. More tests were done with these dead pigs. They found that these dungeness crabs and mobs of shrimp could eat the anuses and actually skeletonize a carcass in less than four days. They would pick, they, they saw them pick only around the soft tissue, especially around the ankle bones where that's real soft, easy to pull off the bone meat is. Okay, so so there you go. So technically, the word severed feet shouldn't be used because severed usually means cut. These are detached by by things under the sea. Nibbled feet. Under the sea. Now, under the sea. Under the sea. Now, wrapping this up right quick, That that's the three answers to those three questions I had. Whose feet are they? Jumpers, accidental boat accidents, stuff like that. Why since 2007? We Nike. answered that. Night, the whole bladder, the making the shoes... So efficient and so performance. Stop talking about bladder. I was I literally to just going to say that. Stop saying the word bladder. 2019 Tokyo Olympics, Nike, their new shoe was actually banned because it's it's so light, so buoyant. That is exact proof right there. They have been, it's been this war. That's the second question. Why is the third question? The sneaker war. This Yeah, the sneaker, the sneaker war. The third question, well, to finish this up, the third question is of such... A Parker McCready, and I have this, we're not going to go into it. It's very interesting right now. It's very interesting. I'll put it on talkmore.com. He actually developed, he was, he's a professor of oceanography at the University of Washington in Seattle. He developed a simulation called Live Ocean. He developed it to simulate oil spills. However, they used it for the Salish fish case to see the trajectory of the fish using ocean currents and Three reasons came out with why the Salish Sea and not anywhere else. Number one, the winds are westerlies. As I said, they're pushing into the shore, not bringing stuff away from it. That's pushing it into it. Number two, you saw the the Puget Sound. You saw the Salish Sea. It's a trap. You go in there, you can't get out. A foot goes in there, it's hard to get out, right? Plus, the, the, the current is pushing you back in there. That's why they're all found at that one spot. That one spot you saw. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the third one is a lot of the beachgoers in the Pacific wear the shoes to, to walk around the rocks. That's the third one. All right. One last thing. I do want to put this in there. This is an actual foot that was found at the scene. And we're going to talk about Mike's stories real quick. A man named Mike Jones was walking his Mike Jones, a man named a man named Mike Johns was walking his dog on the southern coast of Vancouver Island. He saw this. 
So what I'm trying to say is they're not all feet. Oh. He took it home. <gasps> Why would you do that? <laughs> this is it at That's his home. Dumb. Look, this is it at his home. Uh, this is by oh a, my a, God. a Coleman cooler. <laughs> you see? Coleman? Oh my God. Okay. So he saw what was a fibula and a tibia attached to the left foot, all of it encased in a white sock and a black Velcro shoe. Quote, by the looks of it, the foot was totally intact. The ankle bones was still worked. The ankle bones still worked and the bones were attached at the base of the knee. That's what he told CTV News. He says his dog actually drug it up from the, the water. Oh my God, that would be Luna. <laughs> he said that, quote, she was sniffing the bones. So I stopped and take a look and saw the bones and noticed it was attached to a shoe. This, what you're looking at, is the 13th foot found in the Salish Sea. The 13th. Like, why would you take that home and not report it? I don't understand. <laughs> because you get an epic TikTok also, video. Also, <laughs> John would do that, so it's fine. But that's someone, that's like, that could be someone's grandpa. Like, look, it's a, like yeah, an elderly it's, person's it's an old shoe. shoe. Like, that's someone's grandpa's leg. Like, like. <sighs> all right, oh that's God. all I got. That that answers the whole the whole case. That is the entire freaking case about it. Why the shoes are there, where they're going, why they're going there, and why since 2007. All right. I went way too fucking far. No, into but you this. did no, a great job. No, it I was really enjoyed it. So I hope you guys like that. Marjul got far more than she bargained for when she requested that, I'm sure. Well, it's just so interesting, man. It I was like, I was like, no, this can't answer I, it. Like, I got to figure out why. Okay. I have to break the seal. Same. Oh. So I hope you guys like that. This was the Salish Sea Feet. Thank you so much, Marjul, for requesting that. You can request stories at talkmore.com. There's a button at the very uh, bottom of the site. It says request a case. Just type something in there and press the button. That's all you got to do. It goes straight to my email. I enjoy those uh, definitely. In fact, this one was a request. Marjul, she had requested it from that uh, little button there but that's the story on the sailor sea fish that's that's the whole truth nothing but the truth and until next time my name is john good night you lovely lovely people